So I'm going to begin reading 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, beginning at the 6th verse, and it starts, Wherefore, I put the remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. This is Paul talking to them, Timothy. He is encouraging, Paul is encouraging Timothy because he saw something in Timothy that Timothy may, in himself didn't really recognize. He, didn't, he wasn't boasting about his gift. He wasn't boasting about what he had. But Paul looked and discerned there was something about him. And then when he prayed for him, he realized that there is something that, that Timothy has to offer. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, whatever God has given you to do, don't be fearful about it. Get excited about it because he gives us the power and we have to do it in love and we have to be of a what? A sound mind. Tangible gifts, and I'm going to go to another passage of scripture. We're talking about gift. The gifts of God are irrevocable. Y'all are catching on your way home. You cannot throw back the gift that God has given you. Or you can desert it. You can, you know, I, I'm not, I, that's not me. I don't think I want to do that. But it's already in you. And he has given it to you to perform it. Uh, in the world, tangible gifts, things that we can handle, we can return. You go shopping. I'm sorry, I have a ministry of shopping. And when you go to the cashier, depending on what you are purchasing, nowadays they can give you a gift receipt. So if you don't like what you got or you don't like what somebody gave you, you can return it and get something that you really want. Those are tangible gifts. That is something that we have control over. But the one thing about God, he gave us gifts and he called us in areas of giftings. And if he didn't think that we can handle it, he would not have given it to us. And so when he gives you something, you can't be an Indian giver saying, oh, I don't think I don't want this. Because that's why Paul says to Timothy, now you got to stir this thing up. I, I know what's in you. Now you got to stir it up. It's like when you're making a good pot of soup and all of the ingredients are down at the bottom. You got to get that big brown spoon. You got to stir that thing up. So all the seasoning that come to the top. So somebody can say, that is some good soup. Well, you need to say to yourself right now, I have a good calling. It's all in me. Tell your neighbor, it's all in me. It's not about me, but it's all in me because he gave it to me. And he's not repenting of anything that he's given to me. Come on, get happy, get happy. It doesn't say in my study, uh, Elder James, and I do have notes. I think you need to start a class on no notes or something. When I'm studying, I try to go through as much uh, credible study that I can. I just don't pick up everything. 
because a lot of things that are on even Google and all, you got to check all that stuff and make sure. And so, so I go to the commentaries, I go to the different versions of the Bible. But it, it, when you read it, you don't really read what Paul is saying Timothy's gifts are. But because Paul was in tune with God, God gave him, this man got something going on. I'm getting ready to go out and preach. I think I want to take him with me because of his reputation, because of his presence. He's not wearing his gift. He's doing his gift. He's just being who God called him to be. You got to learn how to be you and stop trying to be like somebody else because you're going to miss the mark. Find out what God has for you because he really has already put it in you. All you have to do is nurture it. All you have to do is stir it up and get back in place to start working it out. Tell your neighbor, I got to work this out. I got to work this out. He didn't say whether Paul was a preacher or, or prophesy or he teaches, but he knew of his reputation, how he carried himself. He was humble. He didn't go broadcasting what he did. He just did what God told him to do. So he announces that to Paul. Listen now, Paul. Now, I'm sorry, Timothy. I, listen, I want you to, to stir that up because you've already had it. How, what do you mean you already had it? Because your mother and your grandmother already started you with it. Put, put it in you so it's not like you didn't know. So the reason that you was born and raised in church all your life, even when you went crazy after a while, you find yourself back in the right place because there was something that was already in you. And those that were around you nurtured you to help you to get through what God has called you to do. Go with me to Romans 11 if you can. Team, there we go. There we go. And so it says at verse 29, I believe, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. God is not repentant for what he gave you. Why are you sitting on it? Why are you afraid of it? Why aren't you using it? What are you waiting for? The time is now because tomorrow is not promised to you. God's gifts and uh, uh, the gifts that he, now there, let me kind of explain this a little bit. There are gifts that are natural. There, there, are, gifts. there are people who can just, uh, people that can sow people who have a business mind, people who have a finance mind. There are some people who just have that gift. And what do they do with that gift? They go and they learn a little bit more about it. The doctor have a gift. That's why you have an MD and then you have a specialist. Because the specialist pushed the, little, you know, the envelope a little further. This is something that they want to go. But you know what? God gave them the gift to grab a hold of it. So that's why they're able to get what they have. The certificates, the diplomas, you know, all of the bastards. Everything that they needed to get into that position. And it's not that the MD is any less than the specialist. It's that the specialist decided to take a little step further. But all of us have something inside. And it very well, well may be, be, be natural. But I, I want to deal with the spiritual gifts this morning, if you don't mind. God has given you the grace 
to perform the spiritual gifts that he has given you. Well, what are you talking about, Pastor? Well, number one, there are prayer warriors. You don't go to school for that. A, a prayer warrior is someone that can get a prayer through for you and the Holy Ghost, the one that's anointed with the prayer, will get the Holy Ghost that will relax you and stop you having so many tantrums about things and make sure that what he speaks or she speaks to you is through the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is what makes intercession. Well, intercession, one who is led by the Holy Ghost, because some people are led by the Holy Ghost to pray for you, and you don't even know they're praying for you. They are pushing you by your prayers. They're not gossiping about you. They're not going on, what's going on with this sister? And what's going on with that brother? God puts something in some of us that causes us to intercede. And we don't have any choice. We can't lay on the pillar on that. He moves us around. He makes, he convicts us. We can't just sleep any old kind of way. God puts you on somebody's heart. And that person that's interceding for you is going to see results through the Holy Ghost because you are anointed to do so. One who was led by the Holy Ghost on behalf of others when there's enemies against you. We got to talk about the enemies. We don't give them any crudos, but we got to talk about them because they're there. But the enemy has already lost. If you've got somebody that know how to pray, Somebody that knows how to pray without even asking you what happened. All they know is they were sleeping or they were on their lunch break and God put you on their heart. They stopped what they were doing and they stopped the hand of the enemy and the enemy is defeated. That's why you're here right now. Because somebody enters it. That's a gift. That's a gift. Oh, somebody need to holler. Thank God for the gift. Hold the whole the Holy Ghost with whatever you are doing in the body of Christ. You got to let the Holy Ghost drive you. Whatever your position, whatever your title, ushers, you got to love people. Let the Holy Ghost drive you. Come on, come on. You got to invite people with the right spirit. You got to you got to put your arms around them. You don't give them an if you had a bad day, you should have stayed home. But when we come into the the doorkeeper is supposed to come into the house and keep the door. That means you're going to welcome. We'll welcome everybody in because God's got something special for you. And he especially got something special for me because I decided to come. I want to serve his people today. So I don't care how I'm feeling. I don't care what went on last night. But I'm here to serve because that's the gift that he gave me. Your posture has to change. You're not so wonderful that you have a gift. Can't nobody touch you. Ain't nobody holy but God. Where did, where did that come from? How do, we, how do we explain this to God? 
And then when we don't see the results that we want, then we get mad at everybody else. But listen, you lay low, lay low, lay low. Humble yourself, humble. Come on down, come on down a little bit. Come on down just a little bit, because in due time, he's going to lift you up. But humble yourself under the almighty hand of God so that he doesn't have to humble you. I've had to do it. Y'all can sit there and act like nothing was happening. I had to do it. I had to bring myself low, get on my knees, and find out you are not that wonderful. You need to understand, except the Lord build a house. You are going to labor in vain. Busyness does not mean ministry. In every area. I got a few minutes in every area. When I speak, I'm speaking on behalf of the body. We are supposed to be a body that's joined together. When we come into this place called the tabernacle, things are supposed to change. We, we have to leave the craziness outside. We can't bring that stuff in here. When we get in here, we come to worship. We come to praise. We come to seek God. We come to hear from God. So when our Levites come, or you always have to come for sound check, the musicians are anointed by God, whether they are learned whether you had to go to school or not to learn it, you are a Levite that is anointed by God to serve in the temple. The singers, whether you have a good voice or not, if you are not anointed, all you're doing is singing good. But if you're following the anointing, the atmosphere in the sanctuary will change. Uh, okay, I, I didn't give you all this, but can you go to Second Chronicles? Second Chronicles 5, I believe that is. I believe that is. Y you see, we have to make sure that when we come into the house, that we embrace what God calls us for. And we wouldn't want anyone to come in here and go out the same way. That's what the anointing is for. Oh! Second Chronicles 5. 14. Let's start at 14. Now I want you to read it. Don't think I'm making this stuff up. Fourteenth verse. Are we there? Uh, they're working on it. They're working on it. All righty. Keep on going. Almost there. Three more verses. Hold on. Go back to 13. Go back to 13. Go back to 13. And it came to pass... As the trumpeters and the singers were as one. <laughs> I'm just going to let that simmer a little bit. Because see, Brother Marlon, you know, he may have to have musicians rehearsal, but we come together with the singers to make it. You see, that's, 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 that's because they made me join the choir. So, uh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> As the trumpeters and singers were as one to make what? One sound to be heard. How? In praising and thanking 
do you know when we on the right path and the right mind, nobody has to lay hands on you. Healing will take place right in your seat. Deliverance will take place right in your seat. Freedom will take place right in your seat. Right where you're sitting right now. Miracles are being wrought on your behalf because we're one. We're one. And we can't go any further because the Holy Ghost is in the place and the Holy Ghost overshadows us with the cloud. The cloud of glory. When you get in touch with the cloud of glory, anything is liable to happen. Woo! And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals, and instruments of music and they praise the Lord they start praising him they are to lead you in prayer they can't praise you for yourself for yourself their job is to cause you to enter into praise they shouldn't have to pump you up they should have come on and praise him come on and open your mouth come on and sing with me no when they start because they're already on one accord there are things that ought to be happening in this house. You can't just skip on your seat, fold your arms, cross your legs when the Holy Spirit is moving because you're on one accord. Praise the Lord saying, he is good. Can I get you to say that? One more time, come on. Now, if he's really good, go to praising him. Go to praising him. Ah. You see what happens? You see what happens? You see what happens when you're on one accord? For his mercy endureth forever. Then... The house was filled with a cloud. We want a house that's filled with a cloud, with the glory of God. Do I have anybody in the house? Oh, that is not it. That's not it. You got to go past the demonstration. You got to go past your flesh. You got to get in his presence. Old Testament, when the children of Israel were traveling, going through to get to the promised land, they had fire by night that gave them the light. During the day, they had a cloud. The cloud was glorious. That means, look up, I got you. You're covered. My glory is going to cover you. Not, your shoes are not going to wear out. You don't have to go shopping for no more clothes. It's going to be about 40 years for where you get where you need to go. Uh, but the cloud of glory is moving. And when the cloud begins to move, that means you ought to stand erect and get to moving with the cloud. No more sitting down waiting for something to happen. It's already happening right now. The cloud of glory is moving 
right now. Can we move with the cloud, the cloud of praise, the cloud of glory? Come on and praise him, the cloud. Woo! He said the house was filled with a cloud. Even the house of the Lord. Move on. Hallelujah. And it says what? Hallelujah. The next verse, 14. So that those of us that are in place to either preach or teach because the Levites were already in place. They set the atmosphere, listen. And because they had the right spirit, that is not about them. It's not about just what the gift is. It's about the calling. And the calling causes the congregation to respond. And so now, that I'm here to bring the word. But because it's already been set before us, the Bible says it got so good that the priests. By the reason of the cloud of glory, what did it say? For the glory of the Lord. For the glory of the Lord, fill the house. Do you feel the glory of the Lord? I'm talking about spiritual gifts. It's time that we sit for the word because we need to know it. It needs to be proclaimed. It needs to be taught. But just like Wednesday, y'all miss Wednesday. Pastor's declaration was, listen, we got, I got to lay hands on y'all. Y'all got to get this together. We don't have no time to waste. Jesus is soon to come. Are you reading? I, mean, I know you're watching CNN. But are you reading your Bibles right next to Do you understand where we are? We are not on our way. We are at the end. Jesus is soon to come. And he's coming back for a church that is ready, not getting ready. If you getting ready, you might lose out. But I don't know about you. I'm not going to let anything or anybody stop me. He's coming back and I want him to say the way he sees me. I want him to say, well done. You had some trials, well done. You had sickness, well done. Issues in your life, well done. Kids going crazy, well done. Cause he is coming back soon. I need you to praise him because he's coming. Working together, go to 15 and I'm gonna stop. So that the priest would not stand to minister by reason of the clouds. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. 
is this not the house of God? 15 says what? Okay, no 15. There we go. See, I'm reading too much. The Holy Ghost. When God gives you a gift, you don't apologize for it. Stop listening to naysayers. Stop paying attention to gossip. Stop paying attention rolling their eyes at you. That's because they ain't got nothing. Excuse my Ebonics. We don't have time for that foolishness. We all have to be about our father's business. We are in an evangelistic thrust right now. Everybody is an evangelist. You don't need a certificate to be an evangelist. You don't need a certificate to tell somebody about Jesus. Well, all you have to do is give him your testimony. Where he brought you from. How he's kept you. After all, the reason why you're here is because of Jesus. Maybe y'all don't believe it, but some of us know good and well we shouldn't be here. And if we were here, we shouldn't be in our right minds. But look at God. He's a heart fixer. He's a mind regulator. Oh, I was trying not to holler. I wanted to make sure that I stayed in tune. But the Holy Ghost wants to abide with us in this place. It will work when we work it. It will work when we work it. You don't need anybody to tell you. You may need somebody to lead you, but you have to know that the Holy Ghost is in this place. Almost done. I think I kind of got off my topic. The calling. Yeah, back. Okay, rewind. The callings. The examples of callings. Jeremiah, who, who was a young boy. God told him, listen, boy, before you were born, I called you. A prophet he's going I don't know God you know I'm young and they may not pay attention to me they may not listen to me God saying, you gonna listen to me I'm paraphrasing you gonna listen to me I already called you if you go out and you do what I tell you to do because what you need to do is gonna help save some people you gonna and they finally he has, he has, he, he, Jeff, Jeremiah got the reputation of being the weeping prophet. You know, he weeped over the condition of his people, but he spoke what God told him to speak. Some listened and some didn't. So don't be afraid. Don't be upset if people don't really pay attention to what you're saying. As long as it's coming from God, they don't have no choice. Because sooner or later, Pastor always says, you can never unhear what you've already heard. Joseph, calling, didn't understand. He repeated the dream to his father and his family. I see all these things in the element. I'm standing here. And they were bowing down to me. Dad got a little upset. Are you telling me that me and your mama and your brother's going to have to bow to you. He only spoke what he saw. 
There was no Bible school for him to go to, to teach him when or when not to speak. He spoke what God showed him. And we're fast forward, and I got to stop, Jesus. Fast forward. Because of Joseph's experience. Oh, yeah, he had a pit experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he had, but he had to go to prison. Okay? And in the prison is what got him into the palace. Well, let's see, how did he get into the palace? Well, the king had a dream. Seven lame, seven that. He goes to Joseph because while Joseph was in prison, there was a baker, and you know, y'all know the story. Hey, you need to check out this guy, Joseph. Everything he spoke to me about came in. But Joseph didn't take it upon himself. He said, now listen, king, what us going to do, excuse my ironics, we going to take this to God. And whatever God says, that's what we're going to do. He was getting not just a nation, but his family ready for a famine that was about to take place that could have taken them all out. But because he was a dreamer, God gave him that calling and solidified everything that he had to say about his people. He told them in Genesis 15, listen, what you did, you, you, you meant for evil. But, but see, you don't understand. See, that's why I don't get upset about people. What they do to you, they mean it for evil. But I want you to take on hope. I want you to take on courage, stand to your feet. I want you to understand that what they did in the past, they meant it for evil. But God, if I had a witness, turn it all around. He turned it all around for your good. And it wasn't just about Joseph. It was about a nation that although they were about to go into captivity, there was a promise that was made. And God has called you for the promises that he's made in your life with your family, with your children, with your neighbors, in your community, regarding your finances, regarding your health, everything that he's called you to do, he's about to bring it to pass. And it cannot be reversed. I need you to holler, you can't stop it, devil. You We're almost done. Just turn to three people and says, my calling is irrevocable. Tell him, look them in the eye. Look at him, it's irrevocable. He's not taking it back. He's not taking it back. Come on and put a praise on it. So if you're excited about your calling, God has already gifted you to fulfill it. I want you to throw your head back and throw your hands up and praise him like you don't have no good sense because you know what God is getting ready to do in your life. He hasn't gotten you. He's gifted you for it. He's gifted you for it. 